Del Korting, welcome to Let's Hope the, the Weather Holds. If you are at a barbecue, seeing that I'm South African and barbecue, and someone asks you what Herenburen is, eh, what will you say to them in three sentences? It's, um, I think it's a quite a revolutionary way of cooperative food production that both uh, gives you food and gives you all kind of positive collateral benefits. Yeah. So I think that's the briefest possibility to answer the question. Yeah. So, so you, where in the Netherlands are you based at the moment? Are you, you're in Boxtel or I just visited you in Boxtel, right? Yeah, I live uh, in, in Geemonde, which is uh, three kilometers outside of Boxtel. It's a small village. And Boxtel is a little bit bigger town and uh, about three kilometers from my house, we have a cooperative farm and that's where you've been in 2018, uh, Gerard. Yeah, yeah. So I visited you. It was um, at that stage about a hundred hectares farm. Yeah. Um, and there was 165 families at that stage yeah. that were paying a farmer to grow food for them. Yeah. Uh, organic food. Maybe yeah. we can talk about uh, specifically the Boxtel setup, like yeah, how did the setup yeah. look and um, um, maybe specifically the farm, what, what size is it at the moment and, and what are you growing there? Yeah, uh, possibly um, when you visited uh, our estate, it's around, it's about 100 hectares, um, but the cooperative, they hire about 20 hectares. So okay. one fifth of the entire estate is hired by the cooperative. At this moment, we have about, I think, 195 households. Each of those households has invested 2,000 euros um, for the, to be a member of the farm. And I think uh, we grow uh, vegetables, about four or five hectares. We grow about 50 types of vegetables throughout the year. We have some pigs, about 20 pigs. There are about 10 uh, cows for meat. We have a caravan filled with 250 chickens. They give us uh, eggs and after two years we slaughter them and we eat them. And we have uh, fruit orchard, orchards, about uh, 3,000 trees of uh, apples, pears and prunes. And I think since you've been there, uh, we invest in a small uh, two plastic greenhouses. Okay. So it's uh, possible for us to uh, uh, make the season a little bit longer. So we can start growing in our spring, which is in uh, March. Uh, we have our first harvest uh, mid-April from the greenhouses that are all heated by the sun, so no gas or whatever. And in summer, we have some uh, some 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 kind of uh, subtropical uh, products in there, like uh, tomatoes and uh, peppers and so on. And also late season in September, October, November, our farmer grows uh, uh, different crops. So we have a longer season, a more diverse um, uh, um, amount of, of products, I think. And also, of course, the, the, we also have planted more fruit trees, both in the, yeah. where the cows, in the, in the fields of the cows, and between the fields, we make the fields a little bit smaller, so more fruit for both us as for the birds and the other uh, things around uh, the farm. So um, we're still developing, yeah. Yeah. Um, maybe, maybe we should take a step back. When, when did the, how did the concept come to come to fruition or how did the concept start? I think it's very good to start 
uh, with uh, a brief information about the Dutch farming system. Yeah. Uh, the Netherlands is uh, famous because of uh, uh, high production, uh, low prices, high, 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 lots of inputs, lots of outputs. We are producing a lot of food, but there are also some disadvantages of the system. And what you see is that farmers do, who have to earn uh, their income, uh, have, they need to uh, and make, make farm bigger, farm more intensive, but at the end they earn less money. And also the nature and the water and the biodiversity is under pressure after a very intensive way of farming. That's a very brief some of the advantage, some some of the challenges of the Dutch farming system. And the inventor of Hereboeren, which is uh, Geert van der Veer, he's from Bokstel, he said, well, what if each Dutch citizen owns his own farm? So not the farmer is the owner, but if a citizen is the owner. Well, there are 70 million people in the Netherlands which is not it's not possible to to run 70 million farms but then he started thinking and talking and calculating and thought well let's start with 500 people 200 households is it possible to run a business a closed business if 200 households get together invest in a farm hire land and ask a farmer to produce the food they need so this was the beginning and we're talking about the period 2012 till 2015 it was the beginning of the Hereboer concept. And that's, it's, it's, it's kind of a close business case because uh, uh, me as a, as a citizen uh, invest in a farm and me as a citizen, I share, we share all the costs of the farm. So we share, we pay the loan of the farmer, we pay the hire of the land, we pay the new cows, the new pigs, uh, uh, feed for, for the animals, uh, we, whatever we need, we all put it together we have a general meeting and we say, well, this is all the things, it's all the cost together and we share it by all the, all the people, all the mouth that eat from the farm. Exactly. So that's yeah, in yeah. brief the, the, the concept. And it's, well, you have the farming system and we do put a new kind of system next to it. So we don't uh, fight the farmers. We don't uh, disagree with them. We say, well, possibly this is one of the opportunities to change the system in the, in the Netherlands. And uh, well, we're still busy. It's five, five, six years ago. We started in, in, the, in, in Boxtel in 2016 and it, we're still yeah, functioning, we're still there. And each individual pays about 10 euros a week, 10 to 12 euros uh, a week uh, for its food, for its food. And I think it's still, still functioning. Still, and you see what you see also, I was talking mm -hmm. about the, the collateral benefits. Uh, you see the soil improvement, you see the biodiversity increasing, you see uh, more people uh, connecting to the farm. Uh, there's a, a, I don't know, when you were there, there's a, a Horeca school, it's a, it's a school for cooks, and they are a member of the Hereboere farm. So you see other, other types of, of people and, and, and businesses and schools also feel a kind of connection to this way of uh, of farming so um yeah when when you started um how difficult was it to get that first plant in the soil getting that first person to put money down like how how did yeah. you sell it to the first group yeah that's very interesting i think um well normally uh, we were make a, we made a kind of business if 150 households are, are, are together, we start a farm. But this was the first farm. 
So we were thinking and calculating and talking to many people we know uh, in our neighborhood and our, our friends and families around Boxtel. And we were about 45 households said, well, we believe you. We, we never saw it, but I know you, I believe you, I can think it could work. Huh? So there were about 45 people who said, well, I like to do it. I pay you 2000 euros and you can start, but that's not enough. So we had a kind of meeting in the town hall in Boxtel, and we said, if tonight at least 50 households say yes, then we go. So we said in Dutch, which means let's go for it. And there were that evening 57 or 57, 56, 57 households that said, well, it's a good idea, go for it. And then the owner of the estate uh, 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 helped us to uh, lower the price for the, for, the, for, the, for the rent and so. So we could start kind of soft release. We could start building the farm with, some, with a little bit of external money from the, the owner of the estate. Which is not normally normally here we don't use external money but this one is first first so there were 50 households 57 heroes we still call them kind of heroes the first heroes that uh, uh, jumped into a onto a train and they didn't know exactly where it was running and how fast and if it could arrive somewhere probably it could collapse and it's destroyed and it's finished and it's... so there were 57 heroes that uh, believed in the in the story believed in the calculation believed in the thing saw all the advantages and they started. So that's why we started in, in, in 2016. It was a very wet spring. Uh, after all the work in the field, we could, I think we could plant the first uh, things in around, in around June, which is almost summer here. Um, and the first thing that was produced was a cucumber, which is normally not growing outside in the Netherlands. And it was the first harvest was a cucumber. And we have the beautiful pictures that members are so happy with a cucumber. So it was great to, to have a first, uh, I think it was uh, September 16 or August 16. Who, who's your farmer at the moment? Uh, it's forgot now. Yeah, who's the farmer? Is it still the same farmer from 2018? It's still the same. It's uh, another Geert. It's not Geert the inventor, but it's Geert the farmer. Geert is a dairy farmer. I think he's around 40 now. Yeah. Uh, he is running a dairy farm with 80 cows, about uh, two kilometers from the farm with his father and two robots at the moment. And by investing in his robots for his dairy farm, he can run the cooperative farm uh, uh, two kilometers from his home. So he's still the one and uh, he's still developing. And we have one part-time member. She is paid one, di one day uh, a week to do the small, the, we have the compost fields. We do have a very diverse type it's 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 yeah with intercropping and some agroforestry like things and it's more small gardening and one a member who's very uh, familiar with this she's running this week this year she's running 24 compost fields hmm. with a, with a mixture of vegetables so she's helping the farmer uh, for one day a week and then we have a lot of volunteers of course yeah the the volunteer system um maybe i should should ask two questions Who's the type of person that gets involved and how does the volunteer system work? Yeah, many people ask what type of people uh, become a Hereboer member. I think it's quite diverse. What you see at this moment, especially in the COVID time, that people know that food is a very important issue. Every day you need food. And it's very, if, the, if it's coming from all around the world, if we eat the kiwis from New Zealand and it's a lot of long transport lines, 
and if, if the function if the system breaks then we have a problem so i think in this time many people who are aware of the uh, the problems in the system are interested in hearable and you see i think a lot of people with young children who say well it's nice to be at the farm and go there and see how it grows and you can have fun and you can uh, help and you can do the things and you also see some older people let's say 55 and 60 above who don't have children at home and who have the time they have the time to do some voluntary work as well i think uh, that, that, that those are the main groups but of course it's quite diverse and of course you need an, a small you need to invest 2000 euros but i think the very young people who don't have money they won't become a hereboer so i think it's all about 30 and above till till 60 75 70 or whatever hmm. And then they volunteer by har helping with harvesting, or how does that work? Yeah, there are some groups uh, of volunteers. Uh, I I'm a board member at the farm. It's also voluntary. We have eight eight people in the board. Um, there's a group that's uh, helping the farmer with the daily work. Some people do it all almost every week. Right? They help uh, uh, doing the seeding and the, the harvesting and the weeding and whatever, and uh, and the watering and what's on and feeding the cows. But um, another group is the ones that are on Saturday and Wednesday at the farm to deliver all the vegetables and the meat and the eggs to the members. So that's the, the delivery group, which also a group of volunteers. And then we do have a lot of people who like to show around, show other people around the farm. So they are uh, every every weekend, every weekend in small groups at this moment due COVID. We, we walk around the farm with people around uh, the area and probably they want to become an extra another extra hereboer mouth. We, we still use some extra me uh, members. Um, and we have a group, um, those are more like, um, yeah, if, if a tree collapses or if a fence is broken down, they, they come and, and, and repair things and so. So there are about, an, I think about five or six different groups of volunteers. And some people are active in two or three groups. And I think more than half of the members are not active as a volunteer, especially yeah. not related to us. So it's not, they are not functioning in a group, which is also okay, yeah? because yeah. the labor, that's very important to the Hereboere concept. The Hereboere concept, the, the farmer is part, he's paid and it's part of the system. So it's not a voluntary farm. Yeah. I think, yeah, you, can, you know that from 2018, yeah. we pay a farmer to the work. So that's the difference with many other concepts that look a bit like Hereboere but are not based on a paid farmer. And then your involvement as a board member, uh, I know from working with farmers across the wor world, they don't like being told what to do. So, so how, does, how does that relationship between the, the investors, the board and the farmer works? Yeah, well, I think uh, 90% or 95% of all the work all the decisions at the farm are made by the farmer. So he's deciding uh, uh, to put in, uh, I have to harvest today or have to plant trees or at, at the early morning, I do the, the pigs and the chickens. The daily work is based on his own decisions. On the other hand, we have a very, we have the, the, the big cooperative investing about the, gr the greenhouse I was explaining or uh, uh, the, all, the, the, all the, uh, the, the big investing things, or are we going to invest in the, the, uh, the, the different type of cows or whatever. Those are based on the general meeting twice a year. 
And in between the general meeting, so the meeting of the 500 people and the farm, there's the board. And we are a little bit in between. So we are the ones that are uh, uh, assisting the farmer with uh, um, how to know what the people like to eat. So then we have a, a questionnaire, for instance, or we uh, ask people, we are uh, some, sometimes the energy of the volunteers are far more than the farmer can handle. They think, well, we need to go very dark green, more biological, more agroforestry, and the farmer says, whoa, 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 I need to produce my food and, and not all the rest of that together. So we are just like a little bit in between. And we have a meeting every three weeks and then we discuss uh, the financial uh, situation of the farm. Are we still uh, doing well? Uh, of course, there are some questions of members who ask, well, can we do this, can we do that? Now, then we talk about the questions. So we are like the intermediate between the 500 people and the only one farmer. So um, he's not, he's not um, uh, uh, questioned every day by 500 people, you do this, you do that. Yeah. We are there to protect him. How did you decide on the production methods? Because I believe it's it's organic. Yeah. Well, the 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 soil we're working in is the is the is the base of the farm, of course. Yeah? That's that many farmers uh, are focusing on uh, outdoor farming and they're focusing on into the soil. So the soil is the base of our production, and I think the soil you have to take care of it. Every farmer knows you have to take care of the soil. It's good to have uh, uh, the, 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 the water situation must be good. There must be enough uh, food and feed into the soil. There must be enough live animals in the soil to have it healthy. So we say, well, the, the food production is uh, closely related to Im improving the quality of the, of, the, uh, of the soil system. So it's not necessary to use the tractor every day and we don't use chemicals. And we sometimes you have a problem and you can say, well, we have to fight the problem. We use some, something, but sometimes you say, well, just wait a little while. And probably we can wait and see what happens. And then you, what you see is that probably the problem will disappear by itself because of nature's doing it. There's a bee coming, there's a fly coming, there's an animal coming and they beat the problem. So that's what we call a nature-driven or nature-inclusive in, in, in that uh, uh, area. We say nature-inclusive farming. The nature is based and we don't do that much. Of course, if there's an animal eating all our cucumbers and all our potatoes and so, then we start to think, well, what should we do? So it's a more uh, uh, keep, nature in its, in its, keep nature in its power. And um, yeah, don't, don't do anything. If there's something, don't do anything if there's a small problem. Sometimes you have to wait. Yeah. I and think that's what you call kind of nature-driven way of projection. I think often in farming, there's a concept, if you see something, then the, you just immediately go and apply pesticides or shoot the, the animal. And, and you told the story back then about a fox that was eating, eating your chickens. Yeah. And then uh, you got to yeah. a really good uh, conclusion. What, what, what was that story? How did that start? Yeah, uh, we added two goose. Uh, the, the chickens normally they run in the orchards and there was no fence around the orchards. Um, and then there was a fox and that killed some of our chickens. And of course, then you can shoot the fox or you can keep all the chickens inside. But then we 
somebody said, well, why you don't goose? If you add a goose, it's a kind of, yeah, it can almost fight with a fox. It's very, um, I don't know the, the English word, but it's very protective. Yeah, aggressive, yeah. Aggressive. And I think since we had, uh, uh, had some goose around, the, 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 yeah, the, the fox is less uh, active around our chickens. So, uh, yeah, so you, you struck a balance. <laughs> yeah, of course, if, if there's a problem, you can, you can uh, uh, take a fight, but also you can add something to the system so the system is more, more is more strong, stronger. Huh? Yeah. So if you add a, a kind of another animal that's protecting the chicks and fights with the fox, it's better than an Oscar hunter to shoot the fox because then the next fox is coming, the next one is coming, or whatever. So we add an, we add something to the system which makes the system, I think, uh, more yeah, stronger. Um, what what does a member get at the moment? They get a, a box with a seasonal fruit and vegetable and and some meat what what is the like the package that they receive we at this moment uh we start where uh, we produced every week till about mid-february then we started in in the winter till half april we only have half a week uh some potatoes and some leftovers some 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 leftovers from winter some uh, onions and I think since mid-April, we produced in the greenhouses a lot of yeah, a lot of lettuce-like things. We still have potatoes of uh, last year. We also uh, have, of course, our eggs and meat. And we also produced last year, we have made apple juice. There was an enormous harvest of, of apples. It was too much to uh, uh, eat manually. So we mashed them into uh, apple juice. I think it was uh, more than 4,000 liters of apple juice in packages of five liters. And at this moment, we deliver them to the, to the members. And I think the coming weeks, yeah, it, it's becoming more. There's more coming broccoli. There's coming, coming, coming some cauliflowers. Uh, uh, I don't know. Every week, we have about five to six to seven types of vegetables. And I think in the beginning of mid-August, we started with the fruit again. And of course, we slaughter a cow and a pig at the, mo at the moment, so we produce our own um, meat as well. Um, your cattle, you've got Brandrood, which is a, a, I don't know if, if it's a native, but it's a, it's a Dutch breed. Um, and you're running that on a, on a ryegrass system. Uh, how often do you slaughter, uh, uh, do you slaughter cattle? Yeah, I... Of course, the farmer knows exactly, but yeah. the system we think is we have to slaughter about three animals a year. Okay. And what we see at this moment, but it's really is more the farming practice. I'm not a farmer, of course, is that they grow a little bit too low. The, the growth, growth rate of the animals is a little bit too low. Yeah. So we are trying to improve the, um, the, the grass in the fields so they can be a little bit more, more fat. Yeah. Another idea is about normally in back in the old days, a farmer slaughtered his cow in October after the summer when the animal is at its biggest, at its fattest. So we are still thinking, is it possible that we only slaughter once a year at yeah. the end of the summer? Yeah. So that's an idea we have. Probably don't, sla don't slaughter them in March, but because they stand in the winter, they are not that thick, that they're not fat enough. And uh, we are thinking about slaughtering only once a year in March, okay, in uh, October. Okay. Um, we were gifted a, a wild boar once and we froze the meat 
and we froze it for four years <laughs> and then we ate it and yeah. um so i think your concept of slaughtering once uh once a year could work um yeah i i hunt and fish and uh you can if it's properly frozen there's no reason something shouldn't last uh, a couple of months and of course you gain you you, you gain but people have different 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 ideas about how things can be uh how long it can stay in the fridge your brandrot are you still part of a program to increase the breed because how how's that going uh well the brandrot is what we call a kind of rare species in the netherlands i think there are about uh, one or two thousand of those animals left and the only way to uh, keep them alive is by eating them, by keeping alive the, the breed. Yeah. And in the Netherlands, there's an organization that's focusing on the rare breeds. And we are part, and the Hereboeren is part of the, that organization and try to improve the demand for this type of animals, both by farmers and by consumers. So I think, uh, I don't know exactly what's happening, but I know we're part of that organization uh, uh and, and trying to uh, improve the, um, the the situation for the rare species yeah and there are at this moment there are more hereboere farms and i think some other hereboere farms also use the brandrood or other typical dutch species that fits to the the area to the to the local situation is a brandrood is it dual purpose milk and meat or is it only you, a milk you can milk them but at this moment we don't milk them but you could milk them yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and your pigs—they're in a free-range system. Is it—is it a—is it a, is it a, um, a commercial-type pig that you just put in a free-range system, or or is it a, a a kind of European native breed? I think it's a—I don't know exactly, but it's it's a kind of mixture of the quite normal a, a breed a mixed with a, some some tougher species. So they can be outside in, 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 in summer when it's very hot and it can be in, in summer in winter also outside in the very, uh, when it's very cold, it could be very cold. And um, they are free range. That's what you saw in 2018. But at this moment of this last winter, they, they were traveling around the farm. Okay. So after the potato harvest, after the onion harvest, after the cabbage harvest, we, the farmer put a fenced wire, electrical, in the field and the, the pigs were there for two or three weeks they were working on the fields and do the manure and do the plowing and then help next field and next field and next field so this winter they were working helping our farmer our our soil to improve so they don't stay at the same same spot they travel in the winter they travel around the farm okay yeah the rotation system um and then and um chickens do you know how much egg production you have at the moment? At the moment, uh, I think it's about, um, we have about 200, 250 uh, uh, chickens. Um, I, I think we eat every day, every week, four to five eggs per mouth. Yeah. So we produce yeah. about 2000 eggs with 250, let's say. Yeah, I think that's about four or five, four or five uh, eggs uh, per chicken per week or so. That's a massive amount of production to yeah. manage. Yeah, yeah. And we, we, we keep them in a kind of, uh, we call it a caravan. Yeah. And at this moment, due to the, the, the possibility of the, 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 the chicken the fever, I don't know in, in English, the chicken disease, which is running around uh, Europe, 
the farmer has to keep them inside. Okay. So at this moment, they don't go outside. And I think in within a couple of weeks, uh, in about eight weeks, they are really getting old and the eggs are getting less good. So we bring them to the slaughterhouse and then we get new, chi new chicks uh, around summer. So that would probably be avian influenza, I assume. I think that's it. Yeah, that's it. Avian influenza. Yeah. Um, what, what type of rainfall do you have in Boxel? Do you know? The, the amount a year. Yeah, the amount per year. Uh, it's annually average is about uh, 750, 800 millimeters. And, but it's very, the, 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 of course, the climate is quite changing here as well. At this yeah. moment, it's really cold in April and May in the Netherlands. It's the coldest April in 40 years, I think. And the summers are sometimes around uh, 38, 40 degrees in the summer. So it's very, yeah. We have the possibility to, to uh, put irrigation on the fields. And we're very happy with it. Because without irrigation, our summers are getting too hot for outdoor crop production on the sandy soil. We'll stay, we're sitting in the, in the south of the Netherlands. The soil is very sandy, so it's very drying. It's very easy to dry it. We don't have to, the clay part of the Netherlands, which is very is low and it's more wet and the peaty area, but we are in sandy higher soils, higher, which is five meters above sea level. Eh? There's no, uh, no mountains here. <laughs> so, uh, so we are very happy we can do some irrigation. Maybe if it gets too hot with those sandy soil, you can just plant vineyards and do yeah. boxtel wine. Um, boxtel wine. What's your expansion looking like? You've got a couple of sites across the Netherlands. Yeah, at this moment, Hereboer uh, in Nederland, the foundation, they are assisting, uh, helping other Hereboer uh, cooperatives uh, in the Netherlands and also abroad. At this moment, we are having nine or Coming, coming summer, the 10th uh, Hereboeren farm. So they're about uh, at hereboeren.nl. You can see a map with dots and you see nine dots. Uh, next year, next week, uh, about 10, I think. And about 20 groups of people um, are trying to have an own Hereboeren farm. Hmm. Which is a very interesting possibility to tell to, you, uh, to your listeners, Gerard, that it's not us who decides where we start a Hereboeren farm. What we see, we, 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 we see a demand for it. We, we are talking about it as we are doing now. We talk about it, we show what we are doing, and people say we are curious. So more and more people around the country are curious and like to have their own Hereboer farm. So then they put a dot on the website and we see, well, a lot of dots in that part of the Netherlands. And sometimes people come to us and, oh, we also like to have a Hereboer farm. So that's why we start. So at this moment, almost 10 farms running and 2025 groups of people sometimes just started. Sometimes they are working on it for hour, for years. But it's about 25 groups of people active in um, running. They want to run an own farm. So if can one say that would be what 150 people per group? So there's 150 people times 20. Is that so many people, or or how at the moment how many people are involved? Well, I think we have nine farms with 500 people that are fed by it. So it's about four or 5,000. Hmm. And I think there are about uh, 10 or 20 or 30,000 people uh, who are interested hmm. because uh, 20 of those farms and each of them have probably have 150 people uh, interested. So 5,000 more or so, I don't know. So I think thousands five or 10 or 20,000, I don't know, people are, are interested and some are very active 
and some are very uh, and, and probably other people are just thinking, well, it could be nice, it could be nice, and they they don't don't do anything. Yeah. So it's um, yeah. What what type of um, pitfalls did you have in terms of the law? Um, because obviously you have to slaughter. Where do you slaughter? There might be. Was there any pitfalls that you had to get through to actually get production going and get slaughtering, etc., going? Yeah, what you see is that um, I started with the, the, the Dutch farming system. Uh, the Dutch farming system is really focusing on one. You do one thing at the same time. You grow pigs, you grow cows, you have potatoes, you grow not And at the Hillebrand farm, you're mixing all things together. And there is, in fact, there is no law for a farm like us. Uh, because uh, we have some some pigs, some cows, some projection of vegetables, and we don't have a market, and eh? we don't sell. So we are not very, you can't do, you don't can put us in a box. Mm. But of course, you have to work with the system. Yeah. We, yeah, we, yeah. We, we have to work on the field, we, we slaughter animals. So what we do is we, we just, uh, we keep in contact with the, with the government institutions, and we try to to show what we are doing, and sometimes we we work with the government to implement laws or to change the laws a little bit. One probably an act, actual thing is um, if the piglets come to the farm with a truck from another farmer, then the truck should have to be cleaned at the spot in the field in Boxtel. Now you have to need a, you need a, a a kind of plot with concrete. Yeah. And you have to clean yeah. it and you have to collect the water so the, the truck is clean and go back. Well, it's impossible. You saw it in the you saw in Boxtel, you can't run a concrete slop there. And uh, now we were talking to it with the, the national government and the regional government, and now we have a kind of uh, a legal right to do it differently. So the truck is coming to the farm, they are unloading the piglets, and it's driving back to where it came from, and then it's cleaned over there. Okay. So that's yeah. one of the things that uh, Hereboer has achieved, not only for us, but for other outdoor pig keepers. There are about there's yeah. 40 or 50 outdoor pig keepers in the Netherlands. And they are, uh, we are, of course, we, at the end, we help them with uh, beating this uh, uh, yeah, kind of crazy idea that you need a concrete slab in the forest to clean your truck. So, um, so how do you manage that you just keep open communication with the government is that the key like just yeah. keep on talking yeah that's it and of course the government knows there there a change is needed eh? and hereboer is a very interesting way of changing but of course you can't uh, you can't give us all you can't give us all we are also part of the system so we i think i'm not involved in the really in the talks over there other people are having the talks but i think they are uh, like to help us and help us in a way that other types of farmers also can use the benefits. So you can't say, you don't have to do the, the, the law and you don't have to do the thing. You can't be, a, you're not a free state. Huh? You're part of the Netherlands, you're part of the food system. But I think we can help the system change. That's it. And if, if, if you walk on the street and you say, do you think people know what it is, most people? Or is it not yeah. that? People in, don't know in, about it that that much. In my bubble, everybody knows it, but I think uh, in the seven in the seventy million people, I think most people don't know what Hereboer is. They don't know what the actual concept is. Of course not. I think 
Well, the, there, there was some TV uh, last year with the, the King visited our farm. It was very interesting. He and then there's a national TV and a, a, an interesting TV program with I think two or three million viewers. They were visiting our farm as well. So yeah. more and more people are aware of it. And but I don't know that three million people will know what Hereboe is. Probably they saw it on TV, saw it on the internet. But it's not. We're not that big that everybody knows Hereboe. Uh, it's of course Hereboe is not is not is not heaven. Eh? There of course there are more interesting uh, concepts uh, growing and and being born in the Netherlands, which are also good. There are a lot of CSAs. There's a lot of biological farmers. There's a lot of uh, other other interesting concretes that that lowers the gap eh? the gap between the farmer and the consumer. So we're part of a, a bigger family of uh, yeah forward farmers. That's it. Yeah. I think the idea of the community with Heerenburen is is yeah. appeals to many people and the fact that you can can volunteer. If if do all the board members from all the farms meet once a year or is it selective farms board members meeting by themselves? At this moment, uh, the uh, the so, some well, I, I'm involved in communication, and other people are are involved with the, fi the financing. Other ones are the, the the deliveries. You see some groups, so all the people who are in, in who are part of the delivery system are talking to each other, and the one uh, the the one who is involved in the money business, they are talking to the other ones. So there is some kind of connection between uh, between the farms. But there's not a big meeting of all uh, Hereboere board members. Not yet. Probably in the future there will, but at this moment uh, 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 there's not. Where you're involved, what's the farmer's biggest challenge? Yeah, I think, of course, I think the farmer always is a little bit uh, worried about is there enough food? Of course, I can do it more uh, nature-driven, so more biological, more uh, nature-inclusive. But the more uh, our farmer has a background in daily dairy farming, so he's he's not a, a, a agro-biological uh, ecology farmer. And I think he's trying to do his best to make 500 people happy with his food. And a lot of members and other people say, well, you have to be a little bit more diverse, more, more, less plowing, less tractor. So I think that's kind of probably that's one of his challenges to, to keep time from the people happy and also listen to the people who like to do it more, uh, more, more, even more green, so more food forest like, more agroforestry, more in nature, less, less, less working on the field with machinery. So I think that's his biggest challenge: how to keep five more people happy. And uh, I yeah. think that's a massive challenge. <laughs> it is, but he's still there. He's still he's 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 with us since uh, 2015, 2016, and uh, he's still there, and he's still working, and he's still happy. So um, it it says a lot about him, and it says a lot about um, how well the system is is working. If you look ten years down, is there a vision? for five or 10 years down the line? Or is the vision to just keep this thing going and slowly expanding or just working? I think there is a one big vision. Um, Hereboer is, is, is also is part of a system changing, a system that's changing. And I think the biggest change is related to the price of the farming land in the Netherlands. 
far, uh, one hectare of farming land could cost 100,000 euros mm. for the for parts of the Netherlands. And I think the price of the system compared to your production a year is is not is quite it's the, the gap is too big. So what Heerhoel is doing, and they're talking to others, to bankings and to to, to uh, philanthropists and to others. Is it possible to uh, be a part of the, uh, the system by buying grounds, buying farming lands by com consumers, and then hire it of bring it to uh, this this type of farming, so Heerenboeren-like farming? So it's easier for people to start a sustainable way of farming. At this moment, if you pay 100,000 euros for a hectare, you just have to produce more, more, more outputs, more, more onions, more potatoes. That's the only way to have the benefits. Well, if you could break that system, and uh, uh, soil is of the, the farming land is less expensive, I think that's the biggest challenge of the Hereboeren and the, the other our, our friends in the in the same movement. So, soil price of the soil of the farming land has to lower, be lowered. Do you think there's anyone that's against your system just because out of a property perspective or is are you not so big that that property tycoons are thinking like we have to stop this because they're going to lower the farmland the price yeah. of farmland i think some people have the benefits of the present system of course yeah 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 uh, if, if i'm an estate owner and i i paid a lot of money why should i sell it for half the price of course yeah, but I think there's also a part of movement people think, well, you see a lot of the, the collateral damage of the system, present system, and we need to change that. And then Hereboeren and our the, the 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 movement that we are in could be a part of the solution. So Hereboeren also we started in Boxer only with one tiny farmer, and we thought it was a good idea. It could be stamped around, eh, it could be copy paste, copy paste around the country, and it's still working. And I think that the energy that we um, uh, that there's in the Netherlands at this moment to change, it's 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 partly possible made possible by our movement. So you see this Hereboeren changing a little bit of the system. Now we get a little bit bigger, and now you could probably make other changes uh, that are more um, yeah, that are more visible visible for each farmer and for each estate owner and each government in institution. So, and then internationally, you have some footprint. In South Africa, is there any other countries that's taking up the concept and that you're communicating with? Yeah, the Hereboeren uh, Foundation is involved, I think, in uh, especially in the area here. So it's in Germany, Belgium, and uh, France. Me and Baudouin, after the art article you wrote in, in, in South African uh, farming paper, are connected to South Africans who are also very interested. And um, yeah, sometimes there are some international people who are interested, but I think the, the board, the board of the Hereboer Foundation, is especially talking to the European neighbors. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, I think that's it. We covered a lot. Uh, yeah. I'm I'm very glad that the system is working, and I still remember when I read about it. And I visited the farm. I walked away, and I just thought, "This is it, man. This is the yeah. future." And um, it seems you're actually slowly building that future. And uh, I think if we talk in three years again, it it will probably have 
have doubled in in size um so thank you very much for talking to me i really appreciate it uh i still think that's one of the coolest places i've visited in my years at, at farmers weekly and um uh, i hope uh, people find value in listening to to you talk so thank you very much for talking to me and um yeah what i'm gonna do is i'm just gonna take a photo of you on and me on the computer and, and then that's it Thanks, Dora. have a good day and, uh, i really appreciate your time okay thank you gareth bye-bye cheers -bye.